Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. And uh, as always, thank you very much for being here. Uh, We've got uh, some interesting uh, things coming together today as NVIDIA is set to uh, report their earnings after hours. Uh, Unfortunately, I've got to get this one out before earnings. So we're going to take a look at some potential things that we could see, uh, really where I think the market is going to go and uh, how influential NVIDIA is going to be on the overall market uh, on Thursday. Uh, so we, we've done a couple things here uh, as far as setting ourselves up for building a portfolio and uh, really taking advantage of some of the dips in the market. And uh, we're, we're trying to build out a lasting portfolio with the, uh, with the investing challenge for uh, 2023. But we started it in 22. Uh, it was a rough year, right? We, we knew it was a rough year and we started 23 in the negatives. Uh, we clawed back to about a uh, uh, 10% up. And now I think we are just barely hanging on to uh, to some gains. But let me see what uh, what those numbers actually are. Uh, I do have links for Weeble in the uh, description of the show. Uh, so if you're looking to get started, you can use my link to uh, get some free shares. Uh, right now, they have something saying get $300 or $1,000 worth of Apple when you open a new account. Uh, a lot of different promotions over there. So you're always getting something and that's actually for uh, referrals. But there are uh, some some ways to get some free shares by simply starting an account and putting in as little as a dollar. Um, no, So now when I'm looking at our actual uh, investing challenge portfolio, um, you know, today has been decent for us. We are seeing uh, about $178 up on the day. That's about 1%. Uh, so if you've been with me since the beginning, I put in $200 per week. Uh, and right now that total net account value is $17,481. Uh, so that is simply just $200 a week uh, for the past, uh, you know, probably about 19, 20 months at this point. But um, it's very deliberate, very calculated as far as uh, we're doing this every week and, uh, you know, not really large buys or anything out of the ordinary simply looking at what the market is uh, offering us on a discount at that given point in time and executing. So uh, thank you guys for voting. Thanks for continuing to vote. And if you're following along, I hope this uh, little project is is treating you guys well also. Uh, so with, with that being said, uh, I did want to talk, and this is going to be a little bit off the cuff. I really don't have too much pre- uh, prepared for today. Uh, but I do want to say that uh, I think the the market is really going to uh, kind of be determined for the next couple of days off of what NVIDIA says tonight. So uh, NVIDIA has been trending up on the day. They were up big, uh, I believe, Monday. Uh, we're sitting right around 469 right now. And uh, if I'm looking at the five-day chart, we've got... Um, a big gap up from the 18th, we were at 419. Uh, and then by the 21st, we were, you know, right where we're at right now at around 470. Uh, that is a massive move without any earnings. Uh, so I think a lot of people are betting that this one uh, gives us some solid numbers. 
Uh, and if you're looking at uh, NVIDIA, I was looking at some of the numbers as to what uh, we expect to see going forward. And uh, I kind of wanted to share a little bit of that with you, right? Because the PE being at 237 is remarkably high, right? We know that is a uh, a scary number of a PE, but that is the trailing 12 months. And, and I'm looking at this on E-Trade, uh, TTM again, trailing 12 months. So that number is really skewed uh, based off of, uh, you know, what the trailing 12 months are compared to what the next uh, set of earnings that we have is going to be. And uh, that is really um, kind of concerning for a lot of people to wrap your head around uh, a PE that simply says 237 without any context of really what that uh, means to us here. So I'll go on Reuters uh, here through E-Trade. And, and we're still getting a buy rating where we've got a five-year return of about 642% on NVIDIA. Uh, we've got five upgrades in the last 120 days. We've still got about 11% of upside. Uh, that was this morning's number. So that might be a little bit skewed now as we've moved up 2.7% uh, on the day on NVIDIA. Now, uh, annual revenue, though. This, uh, this is what uh, was really um, crazy to me when you're looking at NVIDIA. The, the growth for 2024, uh, 64% of annual revenue gains for a $1.1 trillion company that is NVIDIA, right? That is, a, that is massive. That is a massive move to see. And so those earnings numbers are going to be greatly affected by what the next 12 months brings rather than the trailing 12 months. And then when, if we look out, we zoom out a little bit, we see uh, for 2025, forecasted growth of 125%. These next two years are going to be absolutely massive for them. So pending any crazy talk on this earnings call that you know AI fell off and no one wants AI chips from NVIDIA anymore, which I don't think we're going to get, uh, I think they're going to come out and say that demand is very strong and uh, that people continue to want their products going forward. Uh, AI is still going to be that buzzword for them. They're still going to be talking about the the different people they're partnering with and getting uh, these chips and this technology into all these different hands. So I'm I'm very uh, bullish on the company long term. Uh, I've told you guys that I was looking to trim around that 440 mark. I did that, uh, and I do have a uh, a limit sell at uh, 505. So if it gets above that 505 uh, marker, I will trim a few shares more, uh, build up a little bit of a cash position and be ready for some other opportunities. But this is still a very large position for me. It's uh, It's got to be top three at this point. I, I hold it in a couple different accounts. Uh, so you add them all up. I, I think it's probably top two uh, as far as my, uh, my shares go. But uh, this one has really run over the course of the year, right? That is no uh, no surprise if, if we zoom out uh, year to date. We, we started uh, the year around 142 on um, January 5th. So a massive return if you were able to get into this one early this year. Uh, I believe uh, week one of the investing challenge, I, I didn't even put it out to a vote. Uh, I simply went in buying VOO, which is uh, more or less the, the S&P 500 uh, index. And, and there's going to be a good amount of NVIDIA in there. But uh, I was also saying end of last fall that I thought a lot of these technology companies were getting oversold. So that really means, uh, you know, the QQQ that we just bought uh, on Monday for our investing challenge for this week. Uh, I thought some of those names were getting 
to the point where they made a little bit more sense in order to buy. Uh, so a lot of those names that uh, are in the QQQ, Apple, Amazon, uh, Tesla, Nvidia, uh, you know, the, the big seven that are in there, um, those I were, was really looking at for a rebound play, right? August has really beat those up. And I was kind of thinking, hey, uh, you know, we, we had some upside on these names and uh, they've gotten punished for a while. I thought it was going to be due for a turnaround. And, uh, you know, thankfully, I, I don't want to, you know, pat myself on the back too much, but the NASDAQ turned around on Monday. Does that mean that it's a trend that we're going up? Uh, you know, we, we sl slowed down on the NASDAQ a little bit on Tuesday. And now the NASDAQ is back up uh, the gainer on today on Wednesday. We're up about 1.6%. Uh, so, no, I, I don't really want to pat myself on the back, but it, it could fall apart. Like I said, on Sunday's uh, episode or Monday's episode, when you heard it, uh, things could certainly get worse. But uh, I thought it was going to be a good point to average into those NASDAQ names as I thought they really just went down too much. Uh, some of the Dow and S&P was kind of stable, but uh, the NASDAQ was really taking the brunt of the uh, the beatdown in the stock market right on the chin. So. I really wanted to focus on those. Some of those uh, price target uh, upside that we were looking at were 20, 25%. And that was getting to the point where it had enough uh, um, growth for me in the short term to think, hey, these could be worth taking a closer look at. So instead of just buying one, I decided uh, to buy the whole index, which breaks it down and gives us a little bit more uh, diversity by simply buying one fund that really mimics all of the, the NASDAQ. So uh, just a quick recap, the, the portfolio that makes up QQQ, which is an Invesco ETF. Uh, I'm going to look at the top 10 real quick. And you can see kind of why I was looking at these names. Uh, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, NVIDIA, Meta, Tesla, Broadcom, uh, Google, and, uh, and Pepsi. Uh, which Pepsi somehow uh, made its way into the top 10 into a tech-heavy list. I'm, I'm not too sure how that is, but uh, that's the one that is in there. Um, so Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, um, and NVIDIA make up about 30% roughly uh, of the uh, QQQ. So when we're buying this, uh, it's very heavy into these top 10 names, uh, which makes up about 48% of this whole index. And I thought, uh, you know, Apple got beat down after earnings. Uh, still, you know, a solid company, but we had some slowdown in device sales. Uh, Microsoft uh, slowed down a little bit. Amazon took off, but uh, I still think that they have a lot of growth ahead of them. Uh, NVIDIA still think that they're going to be strong. And we will see uh, tonight how that earnings call looks. But uh, as I say that, you know, over the weekend, NVIDIA was sitting around 420-ish. Uh, and now they're sitting around 470. So, um, I think they still are going to give us uh, some solid returns here. These uh, these uh, growth projections for 24 and 25 still look really strong. Uh, but with that being said, the uh, forward PE is still at a 19% premium over where they historically trade. But uh, I think we'd really have to compare the growth rates that we're seeing for 24 and 25 versus the past five years to see if those uh, uh, annual revenue numbers are going to be increasing more in the next two years than what they were in the previous five to know if that is actually accurate. But uh, I still think that uh, the growth in NVIDIA, the momentum with it is still going to be massive. 
uh, and pending any real crazy changes in the AI demand, uh, I still think that they're going to have some good things to say uh, on their earnings call tonight. So uh, that, that could be wrong. Uh, you know, could just be some ramblings here, but overall, I feel comfortable buying uh, the QQQ on Monday and uh, time will tell if that was a good decision or not. But um, I do want to cover a little bit here as to, um, you know, when is a good time to buy some of these names, right? Uh, this was definitely something that I thought about. Uh, I don't know. I might even been driving home from uh, from vacation and thinking, you know, what would be a good price? If I said to you, hey, uh, Apple was at 190. Are you buying Apple at 160? Um, you know, I think some people would say, yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a much better price for Apple. Um, but is it really right? I, I think we've got to do a lot more, uh, homework than simply just, uh, clicking by, uh, simply because the, uh, the price went down, right? I want to take a look at what the earnings are going to be doing. Are the earnings dropping? Uh, is the historical PE, uh, are we above that? Are we below that? And then you can kind of get a sense for that historical PE, times your earnings that you're projecting for the next calendar year and then say hey this would be this would be the point where I would feel really comfortable loading the boat on Apple rather than you know just these uh, little buys this little $100 $200 buys maybe you're going to put in $5000 if Apple gets the 130 and and you have a lot of confidence in that because you did the uh, the homework right you know where Apple historically trades you know what their earnings are going to be you did the math. You did a, a discounted cash flow to get to that number where it makes sense to add a larger amount of Apple and take a bigger swing on some of these different stocks. But if you're not doing that, you're you're kind of just gambling, right? Just just simply looking at well, oh well, Apple is now uh, 170 something, uh, so that's got to be a discount, right? Or it's actually 180 now. It's up three something on the day, but uh, 81, 181. Um, so. All these different things come into play when we're looking at uh, making larger swings in the market or just knowing that you're getting a good buy, right? You could simply just dollar cost average into Apple for the next five years. But uh, I think sometimes we want to take those larger risks and uh, get bigger rewards out of having a better entry, really timing this thing out and knowing when to execute to your plan. So, uh, you know, simply looking at Apple and I've done this one before. Uh, maybe this one isn't a a great uh, great one to take a look at, but uh, if I'm going to take a look at Apple, uh, we'll just follow along here real quick to say where could this one potentially go. Um, well, Trefis says it's overvalued by five percent. If I look at uh, Reuters, though, uh, currently a buy five year return of two hundred and twenty seven percent, but the uh, the forward PE. Where are we here? We've got. Uh, a five-year average of a 23.8, and we're sitting at 27.3. Uh, so we are at a 15% premium. So do we wait for that uh, that PE to come down to a 23? Or maybe, you know, is it a, uh, a home run if that PE gets to 19 or 20? That could be the spot where you really want to load the boat. So now if you take that, uh, that uh, PE, that forward PE of a 23, multiply by your... Uh, your earnings per share, which I'm trying to get back up to for the next year, uh, which is looking like we're going to be uh, average at uh, 6.6. You do those numbers, and I don't even have a calculator in front of me now that I'm doing this. Uh, but if we take a look, 
23 old old ti 83 for those uh wondering 23.8 times 6.6 uh 157 is where it would historically be a fair value to enter into apple stock at that 23.8 pe based upon their earnings for 2024 uh, and if we go with the high side analyst uh, at $7.09 of earnings um, at that historical PE of 23.8, that would be at 168. So uh, being that it's at 181 right now, it's not a buy for me, uh, even though we've got uh, analysts saying that there's about 14% of upside from here. I would like to see this PE come down. Uh, more to get it into a window where I feel like I have a much more margin of safety uh, instead of simply clicking buy because uh, the price target says we've got 14% of upside and uh, it came down 10 bucks, right? So if you have that uh, little bit of knowledge, you can look at that uh, those future earnings per share guidance. You can look at the historical PE and uh, kind of get a feel for how strong Apple's business is or or how strong NVIDIA's business is, right? Uh, knowing that their uh, growth, uh, annual revenue growth for the next couple of years is gonna be that strong is a huge driver for more people crowding into this stock. Uh, you know, 100% gains, north of 100% gains uh, for NVIDIA in the next two years is absolutely massive. And people want to be there for this AI momentum driven rally. Uh, so I think that's a lot of the reason that we've seen uh, NVIDIA really uh, moves so strong and why it's going to continue to move is from a lot of these uh, projections that uh, have been placed on the company going forward. So um, simply don't just click buy all because uh, the the analyst said that, hey, we've got 14% margin of safety or, or upside, but really build in a number for you that uh, really looks like a fair entry point. Sometimes that's going to be uh, I don't know, 20% of upside compared to where um, you know you really think that the stock is and then where it's going. Uh, sometimes it's going to be less, right? If you're looking to just uh, get some dividends and outpace inflation and you want to buy some utility stocks, maybe you only need 8%, right? It, it just is going to depend on the stock that you're looking at and then really how much growth you expect to get out of those names. But uh, at the same time, right, if you're looking to buy a growth stock, uh, something like Palantir or DraftKings or, you know, pick a uh, up and coming name, uh, you don't want to be in those for 8%, right? You could go a lot of safer places and get that 8% return. So you've really got to have a, a higher threshold of growth by getting into those names. And I think... Um, you know, when you're looking at them, it's got to be sub significantly higher than what a utility stock would be or what a large uh, technology stock would be. I'm really getting into those for those four, five, 10 times plays. And uh, sometimes they're a long play. Other times you're looking for that quick turn, but um, you, you really got to have a, a higher threshold for pain on those as they can break down really quick. And uh, also you really want to have more of a high side price target and uh, maybe think a little bit longer term. Might be a five-year play. Might be a 10-year play. Uh, but we really got to do those uh, those simple math uh, problems to really break down what we want to see out of a given investment over a course of time, right? So uh, I think if you're armed with that knowledge, uh, if you really go into a stock knowing like, hey, this is my goal for this name 
over the next three years. Uh, and you know, if it doesn't get there, maybe you have to have an exit plan as to what your, uh, you know, maximum pain threshold is on a name. Hey, maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 20%, uh, but you really have to go into a, uh, a position knowing what the plan is and executing to that plan. Uh, I've said it before, but that mindset can really throw you off if uh, you get into a name and then it drops 30% or it drops 60% like we've seen with some of these uh, stocks. Uh, PayPal comes to mind. Uh, ChargePoint comes to mind. There's been a lot of these that have really had uh, a lot of volatility, a lot of pain points over the past two years. And uh, I think we really need to execute to that plan uh, provide ourselves with a little bit more safety and not uh, be broadsided by some of the problems that will arise when we are investing. Uh, here's one, MPW, right? We just bought this one. Uh, and then the uh, the board ultimately decided that they needed to cut that dividend. They cut it in half the other day. Um, we really need to know what to do if that happens, right? A lot of the reason we were looking to get into MPW was for that 16% dividend. Uh, but I've said it time and time again that any dividend over 6%, over 8% can really be uh, risky. And in this case, it was, right? We we It finally caught us. This one definitely caught us. Uh, so they uh, cut the dividend in order to uh, have some more cash on hand to pay down some more debt, which uh, I still think that they had enough cash in order to pay out the dividend. But the decision was made to cut that and then ultimately pay down the debt of the company with the extra money that they have from not paying that 16% dividend. Now it just got cut to 8%. So uh, again, and when I'm saying this, have three reasons that you're buying a stock, right? If uh, if it's simply they have a, a solid dividend, that's not, uh, that's not enough, right? Or, or uh, not even a solid dividend, but a high dividend. That is not enough for me, right? You got to like the space that they're in. Uh, and in MPW's case, I do like the space that they're in. Uh, I think that uh, the REITs, the Real Estate Investment Trust stocks, uh, some of them are riskier. Uh, when I'm thinking office buildings, I, I think that's a risky play right now. But uh, I've said before that I like the space of medical properties, as I still think that people are going to have to go in to you know, get a surgery or... Um, you know, for a procedure, anything like that. I don't think we're going to go strictly uh, virtual when it comes to medical. So uh, I liked that uh, that line of business, but uh, for right now, they they had to sell off some properties. They had a couple people who weren't paying them uh, their rent in full. They were getting behind on those rents, and ultimately, they had debts to pay, so they had to go ahead and cut the dividend, which which hurts for us investors. But uh, hopefully that's a way for the company to uh, uh, really streamline, get more efficient and uh, get their get their books back on track. So that's what had to happen. And again, try to come up with three solid reasons and solid reasons are not because you heard it from me or you heard it on the Internet or, uh, you know, you, you saw something, um, a banner that, you know, persuaded you to do it or something. I don't know, but uh, you you really want to have a strong outlook on that company, and uh, really know what you're investing in, and maybe not just the products. I, I mean, I can't sit here and say that I know every Nvidia product back to front, but uh, I like the business that they're in. I think technology is going to be a continued growth driver. Uh, the the uh, annual revenue growth is absolutely massive. 
There's a lot of different reasons that I like NVIDIA stock. I'd like it to be a little bit cheaper for me to buy it here. Uh, maybe have that forward PE right on uh, on par, not have a, a 20% uh, premium that we would be paying for it right now. But uh, with that being said, there is a lot of growth left to be had in this company. So um, a lot of different things to unpack there. Hopefully that kind of helps you understand uh, one where you want to uh, purchase a name and, and simply because it came down is not uh, a reason to you know s just smash the buy button button on your portfolio uh, but really do some homework and uh, gives you a little bit more insight as to maybe when to cut and run out of a position that is not working for you and, and really build a long-term uh, definitive plan as to what you're doing with any investments before you get into them i think that is crucial and uh, really building a long-term portfolio and really long-term wealth. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, that was pretty long-winded here for me. Uh, I'll come back. I'll talk about the investing challenge, the stocks of the week. We'll do a little bit more of a breakdown on those and uh, ultimately uh, come up with a plan for the rest of the year here. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right, guys, I am back here. And if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please make sure that you do that and turn on the notifications so you do not miss any future updates of the, of the podcast here from me. Uh, and I would uh, definitely appreciate a share to other people who are looking to get started in investing or uh, simply anyone who follows investing. I, I think it would be uh, great to build out a community on the Facebook page of uh, a lot of like-minded investors and really get a conversation going over there as well. Uh, that is facebook.com. Uh, let it grow investing. So uh, yeah, with that being said, uh, there is some news updates out there that I wanted to cover uh, before we get into the investing challenge uh, stocks of the week, right? Uh, so uh, Microsoft is announcing some updates in the preview of Python and Excel. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, really live their life on uh, Excel. Those people that do the budgeting and uh, accountants, things like that. I know Excel is uh, is your thing. So I'm sure that'll mean something to someone, not so much to myself. But um, Meta, they are rolling out their seamless M4T. It's a new multimodal AI model that uh, really does a lot of uh, language uh, translations, right? Does uh, speech to text. Uh, text to speech, speech to speech, and text to text translation, uh, and it does a speech recognition for up to 100 languages. Uh, so this is uh, going to be big for uh, future in the in the future. They're going to integrate these AI advances uh, in translation and transcription into Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger, and Threads. Uh, so we will ultimately see a lot more instant translation into your native language. Uh, while on these apps, and uh, ultimately we'll be able to understand a lot more from people around the world, uh, which I know is uh, sometimes gets lost in translation when you even click the translate button on Facebook or on Meta. Uh, so that will hopefully be uh, helpful to to bring more of the world together. Uh, Microsoft they are also submitting a new deal to acquire Activision uh, to UK regulators, uh, triggering a fresh phase one. Uh, and they are not going to be looking to buy Activision PC or console cloud rights. Uh, so it looks like they're going after the, the gaming side of things. Um, SoftBank is going to uh, uh, file to have their ARM holdings go public through an IPO 
and they would trade on the NASDAQ under the ticker ARM or ARM. We've got uh, JP Morgan payments enables tap to pay on iPhone uh, for US merchants. Uh, Lowe's, they did just report their earnings. EPS came in at $4.56, beating expectations of $4.50. That was yesterday. Uh, Revenue of uh, about $25 billion, which was in line with expectations. Uh, Apple is also rolling out uh, tap to pay on iPhone in the Netherlands today. Uh, That was yesterday's news. So that should be rolling out uh, soon over there. We've got uh, Goldman saying that they are going to join uh, TDR Subway bid to rival frontrunner Rourke. Uh, that's on uh, Bloomberg's portal. And uh, the final bids for their Subway restaurant train uh, should be due on uh, Tuesday. So they are looking to jump in on that as well. Uh, Sentinel One looks to uh, uh, sell uh, based on some of the uh, advice from some of their partners. And uh, we will see if uh, that uh, cloud security company will go ahead and sell to uh, another larger company uh, to get acquired. We will see what happens there. And uh, of course, we've got NVIDIA earnings uh, later this evening, as I said. And I think that is going to be a massive update for the market tomorrow, right? We will, uh, I think, be green if uh, NVIDIA is strong and uh, has a good, uh, good guidance going forward. Uh, if they should falter anywhere, I think that the overall market, at least the NASDAQ, will be in the uh, negative territory tomorrow. I do believe that it is that large of a bellwether as to what the NASDAQ is going to do. Um, so, yeah, now uh, hopping back over to the investing challenge, we are on week 35. I don't know where this year has gone, but um, we're 35 weeks in at this point. Uh, so now we've got uh, five names to take a look at here. I will go uh, from bottom to top on the um, Facebook group, and uh, that way it'll be from least votes to most votes. So first up is going to be Square Block. Um, This one, man, I I really debated back and forth between this one and PayPal. Uh, I ultimately went with Block. They have got a little bit more on the... uh, share price upside, even though they did just get a, uh, a cut. I believe that was uh, yesterday's news. So it is a buy rating. We've got uh, about 49% of upside from 37 different analysts. We've got annual revenue growing for 23, about 22%. And by the end of 24, it'll be 38% of forecasted growth. So definitely uh, still a growth company, one that has really traded down since the uh, pandemic. Uh, we've got a uh, 65% discount uh, to that Ford PE number. So uh, as I said, we were definitely overpaying for it in the pandemic. I think that brought a lot of these historical averages way higher. Uh, price to sales, for example, uh, was eight and a half times uh, price to sales over the past five years. Right now, we're sitting at a 1.6. So that is under the S&P 500 index average of a 2.4. And uh, you know, that's a 30% discount even to the S&P 500. And as I said, we're getting a, a substantial amount of growth here in the next uh, two years, 38% growth in revenue. And uh, it looks like that um, their actual earnings per share is going to be trending up from uh, 22 nicely as well. It did come down from 21 into 22, but now we are going to be looking to get above 21 levels 
uh, by the end of this year, uh, $1.73 $1 per share uh, by the end of 2023 on average. And that was compared to 1.71 in uh, 2021. But then by the end of 24, uh, we are looking at $2.41. So a, a nice solid move higher uh, by the end of 24. So I think this one could rebound well. Uh, we definitely traded down on the fact that earnings was dropping for 22. Uh, and hopefully we will start seeing these numbers move up nicely as uh, the annual revenue looks to grow for 23 and uh, for 2024. Uh, so that was uh, that was one of the, my thoughts here was uh, let's get into one of these payment plays as a lot of them have uh, really sold off post-pandemic. And uh, we're really seeing a lot of uh, people uh, still adding to uh, the, the user count on Square and on PayPal, on, on iTunes or on uh, the App Store, as well as the Android Store as well. So they're, they're definitely uh, some of the top apps that are out there for finance. Uh, so yeah, that's my, that's my first one here was a block. Uh, number two was Kenview, uh, which some of you might be thinking, what is Kenview? Uh, that is a Johnson & Johnson spinoff of uh, a lot of their um, consumer line of uh, products that they've got for uh, self-care, skin and uh, health and beauty and essential health. Uh, some of these products that they've got are Tylenol, Neutrogena, Listerine, uh, Johnson's uh, Band-Aids, uh, Aveeno, Zyrtec, and Nicorette. So there's a lot of different products here that uh, you are uh, very familiar with, but uh, now they are going to be rebranded under the Kenview name, K-V-U-E. Uh, there is that spinoff. I believe that is coming to a close with uh, transitioning your Johnson & Johnson shares right into Kenview. I believe that is going to be expiring uh, within the week uh, if it hasn't already. And uh, one that I think uh, as it's coming into the S&P 500, it could get uh, some traction going forward. Uh, so it, it is a newer company. There is going to be less information out there on it. But uh, I think we are getting into it knowing that uh, we're going to get some momentum by having one, a new company. Two, it's going to be brought into the S&P 500. It's got some tried and true names that I am comfortable buying. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have thrown it into the mix right now. And uh, yeah, one that I just think is uh, going to get some traction based on the fact of... Uh, the, the people that are trading out of their Johnson & Johnson shares into Kenview and, and also just uh, the fact that the S&P is going to be buying this one every time we buy VOO, you're going to get a little bit of KVUE into that portfolio as well. So uh, we've got uh, currently a hold rating. Uh, I don't That's from about 10 analysts. This one is very new, so I wouldn't take any of this too seriously. Uh, but I am looking at, at least at the the price targets and the uh, uh, buy, hell, sell, sell, or hold ratings. Uh, but yeah, we do have a a price target of about twenty seven dollars and eighty cents. That's about twenty one percent higher uh, from here, based on eight analysts' recommendations uh, going forward. Uh, but as I said, take that with a grain of salt, and we will try to see where this one goes. But we could uh, get in at the ground floor. And and know that we bought this one early on in the uh, you know staying power of what Kenview could become in the uh, in the future here. Uh, number three, that one is going to be CVS. Uh, so again, I think that CVS really traded down post pandemic. 
Uh, we are significantly down from even August last year. We were at $107. Uh, right now, we are sitting at $66. Uh, so this one is definitely uh, taking a haircut on their share price. But uh, when we're looking at uh, some of the numbers here, I think that this one could definitely be uh, oversold. Uh, Trefis says the price should be about 53% higher. Uh, when I'm looking at Reuters, we've got uh, buy ratings. We've got a price target upside of around $36, or about 36% rather. Uh, so that is actually $91 is the average uh, price target based on 24 different analysts. We've got uh, growing annual revenue into 2023 and then uh, coming back down a bit for 2024. So 9% annual revenue growth by the end of 23. And then by the end of 24, only forecasted about 6% of growth. Uh, but again, this one, I believe, uh, was really oversold based off of the fact that it's coming down off of some of those pandemic highs, everyone going in to get those vaccines. And uh, I still believe that it is more than simply a vaccine stop. And uh, I do believe that they are oversold at this point. We've got a dividend growth of about 10% over the past year. And we've got a dividend payout of around 70%, which is getting to that high side. I, I want to make sure that this dividend is safe. Uh, it does say on here that dividend coverage is 3.2 times. Uh, I would like to see that dividend payout a little bit lower to know that we can keep seeing some of these 10% uh, dividend growth uh, increases over the course of uh, our time that we're, we plan to hold on to this stock. Uh, so we are at a forward PE discount of about 22%, which is definitely nice. And it is a uh, single uh, digit uh, forward PE at a 7.8 times uh, forward uh, PE here. Uh, price to sales. We are at a only a 0.3, which uh, typically trades at a 0.4. Uh, that is a 30% discount based off of uh, their historical five-year average on their price to sales. And as I said earlier, that uh, S&P 500 index average is a 2.4. So 89% discount uh, compared to the S&P 500 when you're looking at CVS. Um, so... Uh, peg ratio is also sitting at a 1.8. S&P uh, index is a 1.9. That that peg ratio is basically, are we getting a good value based on the future growth that we are looking at for this company? Uh, and it is uh, pretty much right in line with where it trades. So it is not a screaming uh, discount on that peg ratio, but I do believe that we have a, a better discount on the forward PE uh, on this one anyhow. So uh, that is number three, CVS. Now going forward, uh, the, the next one is Pfizer, PFE. Now I really do like Pfizer. Uh, this one, I believe, really traded down after the uh, pandemic. But as we know, this is more than just a vaccine stock. I think a lot of people really thought that this one was going to the moon with the vaccines. And uh, it's really traded down after a lot of that, right? We were at uh, $55 back in December. And now we are trading at 36.67. Uh, so again, uh, a low PE at 9.75 times earnings. Uh, we've got uh, a four and a half dividend, uh, four and a half percent dividend yield on this one. And uh, Trefis says that this one could go about 32% higher. Uh, I, and again, I'll go through some of these names of the uh, the drugs that they do have in the uh, 
in their wheelhouse. Uh, I'm sure I will get some of those wrong. Uh, Eliquis, Nurtech, uh, we've got uh, Prevnar, Nymenrix, we've got uh, Immune Tychovac, we got Trumemba, Com, uh, Cominardi, I'm, I'm in Paxlovid. I, I've heard of some of them, but I'm not sure of all of what they do. Uh, Zeljans, Enbril, uh, Inflectra, uh, a lot of other names that are in this company, right? We've got uh, Ibrantz in Extandi and the uh, Oncology products. I'm sure I'm botching these, but the point is that, is that there is a lot more to this company than simply being a vaccine play. So uh, the fact that they came down so hard after uh, post-COVID, uh, I really think that uh, it is really being oversold. I think that there is still more upside in this company. Uh, and I think that it is a lower price uh, PE for a strong company in the healthcare space. Uh, there is about 20% of upside according to 23 different analysts. Uh, so that should be a, a little bit more uh, margin of safety on this one. Plus, we've got that 4.5% uh, uh, dividend yield. The revenue is coming down. As I mentioned, I think a lot of that is to do with uh, less vaccines being out there. Uh, that is a, a big number, though. The, the revenue uh, for this year is down about 34%, which I believe also plays into the fact of that we can get it at a discount right now. That revenue does slightly creep up next year at uh, in the 33%. So we're going to be coming up about a percent over the next year. And I think a lot of that pain has already been felt in this one. So I still think that this could be a good entry point. Uh, and they still have a solid wheelhouse, solid uh, pipeline of drugs that are out there. The dividend payout is only at 43%. Uh, so that one is safe. Dividend growth is 2.5%, not much, but uh, it is still paying a 4.5% current yield. So I do like that as well. Uh, slight uh, premium on the forward P of a 12.4. Uh, their five-year average is 11.9, uh, but a 31% discount to price to sales. It's trading at a 2.6. Their five-year average is a 3.8. And again, that probably got brought up during COVID for the fact that everyone thought uh, these vaccine makers were going to the moon. Uh, now, the uh, the top stock right now... Actually, no, that was a top stock. I got them out of order. Um, but the, the one that is going to be in second place right now is Raytheon, RTX. Uh, so now Raytheon, uh, the defense company... Uh, and industrial company. I think that these could be some some solid plays right now. I still think that uh, some of the industrial names are not getting a, a lot of love right here. Uh, so uh, they are going to have the Pratt and uh, Whitney engine lines. This one did get traded down on some of the Pratt and Whitney problems uh, of the engines that were going to be recalled voluntarily. I believe it was about twelve hundred of them. Uh, half of those were already due for uh, inspections and service. Uh, and it's about a, I believe about a two day process to do these inspections, uh, fix whatever was going to be recalled and get them back out into uh, service. Uh, so I still think that this one is overblown on the fact that uh, 1200 engines were under warranty uh, claims or warranty problems. And uh, it really traded down on a, a lot of that news. So I'm thinking that uh, Raytheon could be a good pickup here. It is uh, rated as a buy right now. We've got uh, around 18% of upside. We've got annual revenue increasing about 10% for 23 and 18% by the end of 24. Uh, those uh, earnings per share, eh, they're kind of just chugging along, moving up a little bit. 
uh, over the next two years. And uh, let's see if this is going to be a good entry point. Dividend growth, 7.7% uh, over the last year. Dividend payout, uh, getting to that higher point it is at a 60% uh, dividend payout ratio. Uh, I would like to see it a little bit lower, but I'm still comfortable buying at a 60% payout ratio. 13% uh, discount on forward PE, 2% uh, discount on price to sales. And um, what's the peg ratio on this one? 1.5. Their five-year average is a 1.5 as well. Uh, so still one that I think uh, was oversold a bit on some of the uh, Pratt & Whitney uh, engine problems. And uh, I do believe that it can go higher from here. I really think a lot of those concerns were overblown. Uh, so that's what I've got on uh, Raytheon. Uh, again, uh, get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook to get your vote in for one of those five. Again, Square uh, or Block, SQ, Kenview, KVUE. CVS, uh, Pfizer, PFE, or Raytheon RTX. So that's the five I've got out there for you now. Uh, so please get over there and get your votes in. And we'll be buying one of these this coming Monday after we tally all the votes. Uh, so again, thanks for stopping by. Make sure you subscribe and share. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.